0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. One word from, the very first word from Romans chapter 5, Therefore. It's a sad story, and it's all too true, and it's happened in multitudes of ways. A man is driving through the night in a cold storm. He's been separated from his father. Angry words when he was a young man, an angry response from his father, and they had divided. They had not talked to one another for a long time. And then suddenly he got a phone call from his mother. Dad had a heart attack, and he was racing home to be able to be with him. All of a sudden, it was put in absolute clarity for him. What was really important and that was to be together and so we went and when they were together instead of anger and regret and worry differences were put behind them they were no longer enemies they were reconciled reconciliation makes all the difference in our life together Tears of joy in a new new relationship? Yes, it's a wonderful thing. Sorrow at years lost? That too, and also the opportunity to be together. Therefore, we have each other now. We have hope for a future life together. Reconciliation marks a complete change in status from enemies to friends. It is one of the greatest gifts that God gives. It is at the heart of his greatest gift, and that's what we want to think about this morning. Reconciliation actually describes what God has done for us in Christ. Through his own son, he has completely changed our relationship With him who is Lord of the universe God himself has reconciled us to himself through the death of his own son and that makes all the difference therefore since we have been justified through faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ you know with all of the stuff going on in our world today, there's a lot of people asking, where is God in the midst of all of this? They want to see God and be reconciled with Him in their own terms, in their own way. Do any of you remember the movie, Forrest Gump? It's one of my favorite movies of all time. There's a particular scene about man's conflict with God, it was epitomized in Lieutenant Dan remember him. He's the one that didn't want to be saved and Forrest threw him over his shoulder and carried him out. Well, by the time this particular scene comes, they're long gone from Vietnam. Lieutenant Dan lost both legs in that firefight that Forrest saved him from. And Forrest had, because of his dear buddy Bubba, decided to go into the shrimp and boat business. Well, Lieutenant Dan caught up to Forrest as he's heading out to sea to uh, try his luck at catching shrimp. Well, he wasn't doing so well. The two men went out and they managed over a period of time, short time, to catch tires, license plates, even a toilet seat from the ocean's bottom. But one or two shrimp was all. After several failed attempts at catching shrimp, Lieutenant Dan railed at Forrest, where is this God of yours in whom you put such trust? Well, as soon as Lieutenant Dan asked the question, God came in a mighty way to answer in the form of a destructive hurricane. And as the storm rages on the scene goes to Lieutenant Dan, strapped to the top of the mast, shaking his fist at God and daring him to take him. Well, the storm subsided. Somehow or other, Forrest and Lieutenant Dan made it through the storm, made it back to shore. They got their boat fixed, but they were the only one of the shrimping boats in that area that survived. Off they went. And the movie industry would have us then believe that uh, Forrest's life was changed and so was Lieutenant Dan's and why? Well because he was now at peace with the world because he met God face to face and had it out with him. That's just one example of what we see far too often in times of stress and trouble and anxiety Conflict with God is somehow or other portrayed as if God comes down and loves shaking us up and making us fools and doing bad things to us, which is exactly opposite of what Scripture teaches, but that's what so many would like to believe. The truth is that people in their brokenness cannot find peace with God on their own. We don't dare demand it of him. We don't deserve it. We end up being just like Adam and Eve when God confronted them in the garden. It wasn't my fault. It was the woman he gave me. It wasn't my fault. It was that serpent who blamed God. That doesn't help. Another story of conflict with God helps us to get a little closer to the reality that our relationship with God is and that uh, is a story that is told by uh, Father John Powell who is a professor at Loyola University in Chicago. He wrote about a student by the name of Tommy. Tommy turned out to be his atheist in residence in a course titled Theology of Faith. Tommy consistently Objected to, smirked at, whined about, and everything else he could do negative about the possibility of there being an unconditionally loving Heavenly Father. Well, a dozen or so years after that, course, Father Powell had pretty much forgotten about Tommy. He didn't forget him completely. I mean, very few were as uh, against God as Tommy was in that class. Well... One day he heard from him. What I really came to see you about, Tom said, is something you said to me on the last day of class. He continued, I asked you if you thought I would ever find God, and you said no, which really surprised me. And then you said, but he will find you. I thought about that a lot even though my search for God was hardly commendable at the time. But when doctors removed a lump from my body and told me that it was malignant, I got serious about facing God and locating Him. And when the malignancy spread to my other vital organs, I really began banging my bloody fists against the bronze doors of heaven itself But God did not come out and answer. In fact, nothing happened. Well, one day I woke up, and instead of throwing a few more futile appeals back at the brick wall, which appeared to me to be God on high, said, whoever you may or may not be, I quit. I decided that I, then and there, that I really didn't care about God, about afterlife, about anything like that. I decided to spend what time I had left doing something more profitable. And then one day, I turned around and there was God. He didn't come to me when I pleaded with him. I guess I was kind of like an animal trainer holding on a hoop and saying, come on, come on, jump through, jump through. I'll give you three days. Okay, you didn't make it in three days. Well, you've three weeks, then jump through my hoop. Him demanding of God that God obey. Tommy concludes God does things in his own way and at his own power. But the important thing is that he was there. He found me. And he came to know it in Jesus Christ. That's grace at work. God was never far. Tom was holding him off with his unbelief and defiance. We don't find God. He's not lost. But we are. We are lost in sin. We are lost in our brokenness in this broken world. And God is not one that we can sit down with and compromise and meet halfway. Okay, I'll give up this if you come and do what I want you to do. It doesn't work that way. Why? Because his love for us is too great and our sin is far too serious for God to leave us to such a uh, frightful fate. God loves with an unconditional love. An everlasting love. And he has radically reconciled us in Christ. That's what it's all about. The Spirit of God comes to us and he works this faith in us. The work is already done, is what our faith tells us. The spirit of power faith. The work is already done because Christ suffered for our sin. The sinless for the sinful. He didn't wait till we cleaned up, up our acts while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. His love was victorious for, yes, he died, but he also rose in the victory, ascended on high, and now speaks to us that good news of our victory by grace through faith in him. And that's where we live now. Even in the face of... Of Satan and death the victory remains ours that faith was planted for many of us Lutherans in our baptism that's a great place God's promise is sure that faith comes to others at various times in various ways such as a couple of the examples I mentioned but the bottom line is that that faith does come and therefore We have peace with God, and in that peace we have hope and joy and perseverance in the face of all the troubles of this world. God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. So when sickness or sadness, anxiety or fear, real or imagined, and who could have imagined a week ago what we are facing now? When those things come, remember God is present in grace and mercy. Not on your terms, on his terms. And his terms are always love. I started with a story about reconciliation and to end with a story, a very personal one, Reconciliation. That uh, story of going to see a dad with a heart attack, that could have been me and my father. My dad was a dentist. He was a uh, very intelligent man. He was also an alcoholic. And after 10, 12 years of marriage, I don't remember how long, uh, my mother finally, for the sake of our family, for the sake of my brother and I, had to very reluctantly divorce my father. Life went on. I hadn't seen him for years. Finally, I graduated from the seminary, and he came to visit. He was a very sick man at that point. He'd had heart disease for many years, and he was very weak. As a matter of fact, the uh, the day they were planning to go home, we had to call an ambulance for him at 5 in the morning. He was not having a heart attack, but the next thing to it. We... Uh, We got enough medicine into him, we got him home. But five months later, the doctors said there's only one hope, and that is to do surgery, bypass surgery. My first year of ministry was February of 1987, was the week before Ash Wednesday, a Tuesday evening. Actually, the Tuesday was the surgery day, Monday evening. We were there and and, uh, we sat together in his hospital room, and I knew my dad didn't have much to do with the church, but in his last years, he had started attending regularly, and we had the most amazing conversation. He said to me, Charlie, it's okay. Whatever happens tomorrow, it's going to be okay. He says, I don't know if you know, God's going to give me more years in this world or not, but whether he does or not, that's okay, because I know Jesus is my Savior. So I'm going to be with him if that's the case, or if he does grant us more time, how wonderful. We can rejoice together in that. <clears throat> Little did I know as that conversation ended, be the last time I talked to him. You know, there's a lot of folks that are really, really concerned. I'm not saying don't be concerned because that's unrealistic, but keep things in perspective we have been reconciled to god we have god's love and grace and mercy and the promise of eternal life we are at peace with him let that peace fill your hearts and your minds and strengthen you with the courage and the hope that you need for the days ahead and rest secure always always in his grace for the sake of christ